Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new type of lifetime value called bonus content. In this version of the podcast, I bring two people who are extremely passionate about their work, and we have a conversation about one topic in their industry. Today, I'm extremely excited to have Sabrina and Nick, who are two of the most fascinating people I've met since my college days. They've always surprised me as with their entrepreneurial spirit and have an extremely high EQ. Most recently, both of them have ventured into the mental health industry, an area that I personally feel is constantly underlooked in the modern workplace. Sabrina is the co-founder of Calm Collective Asia, a grassroots community for sharing mental well-being strategies in the Asian context. And Nick, on the other hand, is the founder of Echo Academy, focused on a simple vision where everyone mentally is healthy and strong. So today, as part of the first episode of the bonus content, we wanted to talk about the one big topic, which is the importance of mental health and how it relates to the modern workplace. So without further ado, please help me welcome Nick and Sabrina. Hi. Hello. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for making time. And just for our listeners, you know, both Sabrina and Nicholas are based in Singapore. So this is early morning for them. And I really appreciate you guys taking time out to to do this. Thank you for having us. (laughs) (laughs) Pleasure is all mine, you know, and uh, why don't you guys start things off with a quick introduction of yourselves and we, we can take it from there. Uh, yeah, I guess I could go first. Um, I, I I don't know. I feel like you you gave us a really good introduction already, so there's not much to add there. But I, I mean, I would just say that you know, my what really made me venture into this space was really just the uh, my personal experience with mental health issues. You know, for going through it for slightly over a decade. So, mm-hmm. you know, I guess. That, that experience, as much as I'm trying to move beyond it, it's also nice to have the opportunity to to give people a little bit more perspective of what it's like to experience it and, you know, why it's important for them to take care of their own mental health. Perfect. Yeah. And uh, I guess for me, it's pretty similar to, to Nick, right? In the sense mm-hmm. that my why stems from my own personal journey with mental health. Mm-hmm. So I've been uh, diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I've lived with it, and I've learned how to live well with it. So um, I really wanted to start Calm Collective as a platform to share strategies I've learned to help manage my own mental health and hopefully yeah, help people in the process. Amazing. <laughs> that is so, so refreshing to hear, you know, where you've used your adversity to turn it into opportunity. And I'm extremely excited to have this conversation with you guys. So maybe, you know, we, we can start off with like the first kind of discussion point, which is within the modern workplace, how do you think the landscape has changed with regards to mental health in the past, like five to 10 years? And, and one sort of thing I wanted to also know is, you know, a lot of companies say they promote mental health and whatever, but a lot of time it can just be that PR thing, that sort of superficial thing. How do you think they can actually change and put mm. their money where their mouth is? Wow. Okay, that's that's two big questions. So yeah, I'll, I'm gonna, yeah. I'll talk about the whole landscape part from, yeah. from my point of view. Yeah. Um, so, so we're in Singapore, right? And mm-hmm. um, I think... Compared to, say, 10 years ago, um, mental health is definitely a lot more top of mind and talked about. 
today. Okay. Um, so it's, it's really good, actually. Um, there's, there's been good progress. Um, I feel a lot more comfortable talking and sharing and people, I see people as well, um, being more open about sharing and reaching out for help. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's changed for the better, but the stigma really does still exist. Um, especially in the cultural context of, uh, of Asia, right? Where, mm-hmm. where there are some, I guess, just cultural norms which are not conducive for mental health. So for example, uh, in Asia, we care a lot about face, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's really important. Um, we don't want to show any weakness. But then mm-hmm. when you want to take care or if, when you want to address your mental health issues, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be able to accept your vulnerability, so I think um, it's, it is difficult in our context. Yeah. What, what do you think, Nick? Yeah, it's, yeah, I definitely echo what you said. And, and I think that the change that happened in the past five to 10 years, if we think about it from a recent perspective, the change really stems from grassroots levels, right? I mean, and, and I, I, maybe I'm biased here from my personal experience as well, but I don't think the change really came from management. It's just that more okay. people, more people really felt comfortable enough, you know, especially the generation that we're in to really speak about it. And as more people speak, the courage kind of manifests in other people as well. And then mm-hmm. Because the grassroots became so strong, you know, management had—I mean, management within companies have to, mm-hmm. had to really take a big uh, a big stand on it, and to really mm-hmm. see, you know, hey, um, this is something people care about. How can we support? At the end, but at the end of the day, regardless of how it came about, as long as there's progress, hey, what does it matter, right? So <laughs> I, 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 I'm happy to see those changes. But yeah, I mean, those stigmas still will will still take place unless you know you actually put regulations or laws that that Mm. affect those changes because otherwise you know companies are free to discriminate and you can't really do anything about it that law thing right so it's only in the i think the past year nick Nick, that um employers don't have to ask their uh, potential employees about any mental health or mental illness Hmm. that's right you don't have to declare it anymore yeah so that's a big change for us and then recently there's been like some advisory about um and and, uh, yeah government advisory to companies to i guess support their employees mental health better so I don't know whether it's, uh, you know, give, especially given this year of like COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, mental health is like at the forefront. Has it become like, it's, it's just kind of made its way to the company's checklist of like things we need to do. But mm-hmm. in terms of actually rolling it out in an empathetic way, that's the part where I'm still not very uh, confident about. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure whether it's being rolled out in a way that resonates with people, that really helps people. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That's a... Uh... Very interesting point as well. And, and I wanted to sort of allude to what you guys are doing with, you know, Calm Collective and Echo Academy. What are some things that you guys are doing that perhaps uh, you think can be internalized in a company? I mean, hiring like a special person in the HR department, something that differentiates the modern workplace from what you guys might be doing within your own companies as well. I mean, both of you guys are founders. So, you know, that, that's another interesting aspect that uh, perhaps you can share with us. Well, I mean, for Calm Collective, we host virtual talks on mental okay. health. And okay. the way we do this is by hosting very real, authentic and open conversations about, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, both the ups and downs of life, right? Um, yep. So I think a lot of people right now are looking for authenticity. 
um, mm. in the conversations. Uh, oftentimes, we see a lot of uh, panels online or initiatives that seem very top down. It's like, yeah, we just need to tell you about this thing. Let's, you know, bring on a presentation and tell you what is tell you exactly what is mental health, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the most effective way is to have these open conversations, bring in the audience, bring in your employees um, to be mm-hmm. part of that conversation and, and yeah, hopefully turn that into, uh, or like find ways to get them to champion the cause within their own teams as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's one way. Yeah. And, and Nick, you know, I'm uh, one of the founding members or one of the first few uh, members that have uh, applied to Echo Academy and, you know, you're doing a lot of things. I wanted to get your two cents as well as to, how, how do you think Echo Academy has evolved and how do you think you're going to be adding value? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's interesting. I always have this internal de- debate because, um, you know, at the end of the day, I always wonder how much change should I be enforcing on the world, right? Because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, everyone goes through a certain process. And, you know, I, I always reflect and think, you know, hey, do I wish I went through all those years of suffering? Probably not. But do I regret it? I, I don't think so either because, you know, I've, I've learned and grown. So I think when I, when I started Echo Academy, it, was, it, was, it's, it started and it still is based on that foundation that, you know, everyone has their own journey. And the goal shouldn't be to, uh, the goal for me at least, shouldn't be to say like, this is what you can do to, you know, eliminate mental health or whatever struggles you're going through, but more to empower them to empower someone to feel that regardless of what it is, you know, mm. that there's strength in your experience and there's strength in your ability to overcome it. And what you gain from that is, you know, it's a lot more powerful. That's really the whole premise of Echo Academy. So even though it's it's grounded on, you know, mental health, it's not really I wouldn't say it's really mental health from a from a medical perspective because hey, what do I know about it? So I try to stay clear of it. I think it's more it's more from the point of hey, how can we coach you? to feel more confident and comfortable in your decision and your ability to get through the challenges you face in life. That was very well said. <laughs> Nicely done. On my side, I have perhaps just begun that journey. And, you know, Nick, you've been very helpful. And I kind of feel just using day-to-day, you know, the Calm app before sleeping. My partner has also turned me on to that particular mm. meditation, just taking a break, especially, you know, now that I'm home officing the whole day, uh, you don't know when to switch off. Or even when you do switch off, it's like uh, you can switch back on immediately since you don't have to go to a physical location, etc. It brings me to like the next sort of question or point I wanted to talk to you guys about for a day to day sort of thing, you know, how, well, what are some good ideas or tips or tricks even that would be good for an average person to practice on a daily basis? Like, you know, if let's say, if let's say you were my physical trainer, you know, you'll be like, okay, you need to run two kilometers every week. You need to do these push ups, lift weights, whatever. If you had to mm-hmm. prescribe like, a very sort of generic way for people to kind of stay in touch and be able to be in charge of their mental well-being. What, what would be a good sort of starting point? Um, well, I can I can go first. Um, okay. One for me, I think this the easiest thing that um, or one of the easiest things that people can do would be to practice gratitude. 
So okay. yeah, just like asking yourself, like, what am I grateful for? Maybe listing three to five different things that you're grateful mm-hmm. for. It can be anything from like, oh, I love the smell of rain. I love what I just <laughs> ate. I'm mm-hmm. so happy I met this friend, right? To, mm-hmm. you know, bigger ac- accomplishments as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think that helps with like reframing your thoughts because um, oftentimes we're very bogged down by like all the shit that's happened, right? So, yeah. So I think that's that, at least for me, it's something that helps ground me and helps me uh, feel better at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, that was amazing. I like gratitude and, and, and perspective. It, it, really, it really helped me, especially recently, because, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, especially with COVID, right, you start mm-hmm. to realize, add to that point, a little experience I had, you know, because someone came up to me and said, you know, like sometimes I, I think to myself, 2020, um, I, 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 f- I feel like I didn't accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But when, when, when he said that, I don't know why I thought of it at that moment, but it almost felt like a defense mechanism. But I, I said, I, I don't think that's true. I, I think maybe you didn't accomplish the things you wanted to, but that doesn't mean you didn't accomplish anything. I think that's where gratitude comes into play, right? Just to really appreciate that, you know, not, not everything you want will happen. Yeah. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah, think, things do happen anyway, and and yeah. what 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 do you get from that? Yeah. But I, I I think in life, uh, in general, you know, before we can start practicing like the the gratitudes, the journaling, the meditation, and all of that, I think it's also mm-hmm. just important to to just ask yourself some questions that can at least clarify what is the goal of using these tools, right? You know, just mm-hmm. ask like, what are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Uh, w- when it comes to your mental health, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, some of us are very type A, right? And, you know, we are not going to stop our relentless pursuit mm-hmm. of things. So if that's mm-hmm. the case, then our our version of protecting our mental health would, is just to really like to incorporate mental health within our day. But, you know, for some other people, it's just like just to find more time to relax. So it's really just understanding what's important to you and then having the discipline to stick to it, which is the hardest part, I think. (laughs) That's so true. And, you know, like you were talking about sort of taking a step back and looking at the root causes, et cetera, as well. And you guys have experienced and probably helped a lot of people in your opinion, you know, what are some of the usual uh, suspects or the usual causes um, that people normally complain about? You know, at the top of my head, I can think of, you know, work, relationships, first few, and then there's also Mm. addictions that come into play. Um, I just wanted to get like some sort of consensus or something that Mm. has personally that you've come across that you're like, hey, um, if we can find a way to uh, perhaps explore these three, four topics. You know, if somebody listening, maybe like, hey, you know, I actually feel the same thing. Oh, okay. I think it might be time for me to kind of look into this or, or reevaluate, et cetera. I don't know. What do you think are some of the common causes that you felt? Uh, I would say there's a lot. I mean, like it depends yeah. on the individual's uh, experience, but commonly yeah. what I, I guess I've seen and experienced as well is usually yeah. with yeah, your relationships and I guess work. Those are like mm-hmm. very big triggers usually. Mm-hmm. Um, relationships would be a big one, whether it's like, uh, you know, your partner or with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it depends. The, for yeah. me, I would say it depends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
it's yeah i definitely agree with Seb, you know like at the end of the day is it, it's it's very unique and yeah there are common trends right you know your work your your relationships and all of that but maybe, maybe if we just take it one step uh, uh before that it, it i don't know whether it's uh physics or some other science but it's basically co- your, the cause and effect right so it's yeah. just it's understanding what causes your your mental health to suffer mm-hmm. and then also the effect of that cause and the effects that that cause has on you. And this this is just my, uh, for lack of a better word, fancy way of saying whatever you're going through is legitimate, regardless mm-hmm. of what other people say. Because mm-hmm. whatever cause that occurs in our lives will be met with different effects for different people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. therefore, we cannot... You cannot discount anyone's suffering, so to speak. And so therefore, it's, it's very important for us to not be worried about what are the similar causes, but more, more importantly, ask ourselves what really affects our mental health and, 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 and not be too worried about whether it's legitimate or not, you know. And then from yeah. there, we can kind of understand, hey, you know, how is it affecting me and what can I do about it? Mm. Yeah, it's not just oh. about the cost. So I just like something that I, I thought about recently was yeah. uh, the same event can be experienced completely differently by yes. different people, mm-hmm. by two different people, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think it's about being able to have a more healthy relationship with um, stress and I think building up those like support systems um, when, mm. when those stressors come up as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, personally speaking, um, a lot of times when I'm facing stress and maybe it's the sort of type of person that I am, I kind of like to talk about it with my partner. You know, I'm like, I hated this today. And just by having that conversation and, you know, I don't need an opinion. I just need somebody to listen, whatever. Uh, that helps me a lot to sort of de-stress. Sometimes it's going to the gym, you know, physical fitness. Um, what do you guys normally do uh, to kind of, have like your own oh. personal you know? so many things <laughs> you, you you mean what what we what we're supposed to do or what we normally do <laughs> two different things <laughs> yeah that's yeah very true well, it's I a mean, long list of things yeah but what do you personally do you know that, that that's a good start and and uh, okay. then maybe you could talk us through what you're supposed to be doing too <laughs> Oh man, Nick, do you wanna go first? <laughs> uh, can can, uh, so so uh, maybe I I feel I feel like I really want to share this because I had way back when I had a um, uh, interview with a guest on my podcast, um, uh, Doctor Kwan Kim, and he's he is a neuroscientist and he explains stress in a in a very you know I suppose in a way that's just easy for us to. To, uh, to absorb right uh, and he he cited a, a study uh, of of one of some academic on on baboons and basically baboons and humans have pretty similar responses and so what happened is you know those those baboons who have high stress levels are exactly similar to to humans and those who have low stress levels likewise have have very similar responses to humans and what he found was that for someone to be less stressed there really has only three things really come into play the first is you have to find a way to be less type a you know so type a type a in the sense that the things you can control not and 
and he has a he makes a very specific caveat. He says like you're you're not sacrificing your ambition, but you're sacrificing your judgment of your ability to get to that vision or ambition. Mm-hmm. So that is the definition of type A you need to reduce because that is the one that affects your mental health, your physical health, etc. Mm-hmm. This the the second thing which I found really interesting because that's the part that is very important to me is your physical connections and Rithik, I mean that's uh, alluding to you speaking to your partner right mm-hmm. he says just that simple dynamic helps you spread the load out and mm-hmm. because of that you appreciate that number one your problems even though it's unique to you is not entirely unique everyone can appreciate and empathize with it mm-hmm. so social social connections are very important and even if it's just one it makes a whole lot of difference mm-hmm. so so i think we think you're halfway there you know to have yes. a partner <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the third and final one is just awareness right awareness of what is real and what is imagined mm-hmm. because the moment you understand what is imagined you 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 already half the battle is won because you realize okay i know this is not actually a big problem now i just need to be able to have enough to have the ability and courage to say okay then it's time to sweep it aside mm. so so i'm not very and the reason why i bring that up is because i'm not very good at the hey you know i need to exercise consistently and hey i need to meditate i do that every now and then you know i'm not very disciplined in it so i try to focus on the other things you know the the, the things that that can really make a big impact. I feel it in my body and that's, you know, my physical interaction, whether it's with my my wife, you know, mm-hmm. just talking to her makes a whole lot of difference. Or just the simple fact of just being comfortable in the things that I cannot control and just letting it go. I've become a lot better in the past few years. So, yeah, I mean, the things you can do, of course, is your your usual, you know, your meditation, your exercise and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But I encourage you to think about those three things that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier because I feel like that might be a bit easier. Mm. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, those are actually really good points. Um, <laughs> So it's like, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I, I kind of like see that as like letting go of uh, expectations, letting go of mm. judgment, right? And mm. then um, I guess trying to figure out how to manage from there, um, how to reach out for help um, from, you know, the people that care about you, that you care about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, I, can, I, I guess there's one more thing I can add here. Um, um, I go for regular therapy. So that yeah. helps me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it helps me so much in grounding myself. Um, I do this like monthly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have my partner. I have my friends. I talk to them, but I don't always listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, um, good point. But <laughs> and I think oftentimes, um, you know, your friends and and like partner whatnot, um, they're they kind of um, they're not trained, right? So yeah. they. So I think. As people, we have the tendency um, to want to help and we tend to want to share our own stories or we're going to share um, some advice, right? Mm-hmm. But, but I think sometimes the best advice or the, be- the best um, next steps actually come from yourself. And what I get out of therapy is that, you know, my therapist asks me really, really good questions and mm-hmm. then I find my own answers and then I am accountable to myself then. 
and to her, right? So when I come up with my own answers, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, kind of reframe my thoughts this way. These are my next steps. And yeah, that's great. <laughs> so I, I find it. that, yeah. yeah, for me, therapy has been really, really helpful on top of, uh, yeah, like my gratitude practice and meditation every now and then. Yeah. 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 I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, it's, yep. it's a, that's a very important point. Mm-hmm. I, and I was just about to echo that as well. The, uh, probably the happiest or I would say the most satisfied people I've met, you know, they've constantly gone through therapy and they're very balanced. Uh, and it, it's always very admirable to sort of admit and, and kind of have that conversation. And initially, you know, especially coming from like an Indian household, you know, the T word or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It was just considered Uh, like, oh man, you got to have like problems or something. And I think that that has changed. And the older I've sort of gotten and become more mature, I realized, you know, there's, it's just some sort of fear of judgment. um, When essentially you're just stopping yourself from reaching to where you need to be to become better. That's really, really cool. (laughs) Yeah. But it's so true. It's so prevalent in the Asian uh, context. Yeah. That that mindset. Yeah. Um, well, before we wrap up, uh, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask you guys uh, any last advice for somebody who might be struggling or who might not even know that uh, there is so many avenues available, mm. so many things that you can do to improve. Any, anything you'd like to share? Wow. <laughs> I think yeah. um, Google, Googling will get you very... Con- so if you, if you suspect yeah. that you have some kind of mental health um, challenge, uh, Googling, yeah. Googling the issues will only get you more confused. <laughs> um, I would highly suggest finding a uh, mental health professional to speak with. To get mm-hmm. um, to get better perspective on what you're actually going through, and mm-hmm. kind of like you know, it helps a lot to to understand better from someone who knows uh, who knows better. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. So, yeah, seek professional help. Okay. Yeah, That's yeah, really I, I, yeah, I I I agree with that. You know, like you know, I I think based on my experience and speaking with people who also go through a similar experience sometimes the 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 mistake we make is we when we experience a mental health struggle we mm-hmm. diagnose ourselves mm-hmm. you know and in in reality what's what's more valuable is to appreciate that you're struggling and then speak to someone who's equipped to decipher what it is you're going through you know, because if you go in with the mindset of, if you go in with thinking, you know, you, you're depressed or, you know, maybe you're, you have some other mental disorder, then, mm-hmm. so I think it's always important to not, not be too worried about the labels. Just, mm-hmm. just appreciate you're going through something and it's real, it's legitimate. Mm-hmm. Speak mm-hmm. to someone who's a professional yeah. and work with them to figure out what it is and what you can do. Yeah. 
Yep. And that you deserve help as well. You deserve yeah. to get better. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Very, very good points. Uh, well, it's been such a pleasure speaking with both of you. Um, would you like to share your contact information if uh, some, one of our listeners wants to get in touch with you? Okay. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, Sabrina, okay. I-O-O-I, or um, Calm Collective at Calm Collective E. Calm Collective Asia. So it's at Calm Collective Asia. Or you can okay. go to our website at calmcollective.asia to find our talks. Amazing. Yeah. And Nick? Uh, yeah. And for me, just, I'm Nicholas Patrick. You can find that across all social platforms, I guess. Um, nice. And then, uh, yeah. Um, we can just, if you have any questions or you want to talk, just connect. Uh, we, can, we can chat. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much again, guys. This was an amazing talk and uh, I hope to have you guys back on again when, um, you know, COVID is over and we can start tackling whatever is happening and, or perhaps see you on this side of the world even, you know. Hopefully, yes. That'd be ideal. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, Speak soon. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Preet. This was Lifetime Value.